And uh, just in case, I bought point one and point two, or I should say part one, part two. I'm pretty sure we're on part two. <laughs> but I didn't know if I'd have to go back and do part. Uh, um, Part one, because it's been so long since we've done it. But um, life is not fair, Jack. Life is not fair, part two. And uh, the overall theme is life is not unfair. And I think I had addressed it when I, first time I opened up Psalm 58. And that is I was at the uh, community bank and in a conversation with the teller for a few moments there. And... She said, uh, she just doesn't seem fair. About the flood. She just doesn't seem fair. And I said, well, you know, life isn't fair. And she said, you're right. Life's not fair. But for the child of God, and if there's one lesson that we can take away from what's happening around us today, whether it is a corrupt administration in high places or whether it's in low places, it doesn't matter. God is trying to show us the peace that you and I long for comes only from him. Not from anything outside of him, but it comes directly from him and him alone. That's why we should be able to go to sleep at night time. Whether it's going to be Trump's going to be uh, buried beneath a whole bunch of more uh, uh, charges, one thing or another. Whether uh, uh, Vivek is going to rise up in his place. Who knows what's going to happen out there. God does and God knows all about it. And so when I go to bed at nighttime, I, I get about as good a night's sleep as I can get. And I'm happy. So anyway, uh, life is not fair. Part 2, Psalm 58, verse 1 says, uh, Do ye indeed seek, uh, speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. Now a lot of what David is dealing with here it almost sounds like modern day uh, the United States of America. But it has been several weeks since we have uh, dealt with our series in Psalms. And so, as as we get back to this series, we do so with this psalm. So we stated that Psalm 58 can be linked to David finally taking his anointed place. I remember uh, he was anointed as a young man, uh, younger than a lot of our young men within our own church, probably as as an older teenager, maybe as a young 20 or 21-year-old, I don't know, somewhere in that time frame there. And he was anointed king of Israel. They already had a king. So he probably figured he had to walk on eggshells there for a while. And I know Samuel did because Samuel anointed him and took off. <laughs> get, out, get, out of, get out of town really quite quick. And uh, so he's been on the run now for about 20 some odd years. So that puts him up maybe somewhere in his late 20s or so on there. And wondering what in the world, why did God anoint him? And now he has finally come to it. And has realized what a lot of people didn't know, and that was there's a tremendous amount of corruption. There were men who were in high places that were there for their own aggrandizement. They weren't there to really serve the people. They weren't really there to work the people or to uh, be a, a good representative of God to the people. They were in it for where they could get out of it. Sounds pretty much like a lot of our politicians today, doesn't it? So uh, who along with Saul's extended family gave David a great deal of opposition as the new king? Well, there were a lot of them. And uh, the topic is the reality that most, if not most, then all of us have to realize that life is not always going to be fair. Now, you can do everything right, and life doesn't care. Satan doesn't care. The world doesn't care. 
You can be as honest as the day is long. And God will be your only champion. Not so much the world. And so in this time, we are all, we are, we are, or we will address where a great deal of this unfairness comes from. So point number one was wicked people are great at deception. Uh, that man got in the White House because he lied to the American people. I mean, he lied up one side, down the other side. He has continued to lie to the American people, and that's why he continues to stay there. Those who have bolstered him up, who knows what's wrong with their head. There's something, wrong, there's something mentally and emotionally, spiritually wrong with these people who stand behind a man who they know. All the evidence, you hear, a, 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 I think it was a representative or a senator, uh, had, a, had a different spin on, on all that's coming out, out of all that stuff in there. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's amazing how they can stand there and actually be so deceived. But, you know, some of them actually may be deceived. And you have an idea already of how, how easy it's going to be for the Antichrist to deceive people. Some people are just born, won't be nice if I say it. It won't be nice if I say it. But I think some people are born just ignorant or naive. Others are just born plain stupid. You know, or they, or they're they're well-meaning and they, they want to believe the best in the worst of people. Kind of reminds me of that that uh, little boy who was out playing in the neighborhood and he found this matted old dog. I mean, he was caked with mud. Fleas were on that dog. Brought him home in the backyard and his mother saw him and said, "What do you know about that muddy old mucky dirty flea-bitten dog?" Can I keep him up? Can I keep him? No, you can't keep that dog. Oh, come on, mud. Can I? Can I keep? Can I please keep the dog? She said, "Tell me one good thing." He said, "Well, he wags his tail really well." <laughs> so you might be able to find some good things from time to time in some people along the way there, but you can't always look the bad either. So tonight we're looking at wicked people are deliberate in their actions, and we see that in verse two. He says, "Yea, in heart ye work wickedness; ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth." Now. The more we experience of this generation, the more we understand exactly what David is stating uh, in this psalm. Uh, I, I believe he had a right heart uh, for the most part. He knew that he was a child of God. He knew that he was anointed by God. He knew that he was a servant of God. He acted appropriately towards Saul, even though he had opportunities to take Saul's life. Nonetheless, he acted as, as an upright man. So corruption has always existed from the time that Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden. In America, corruption has always existed in so many areas of life and walks, mostly clandestine, whether in politics, uh, law, uh, white and blue collar crime. It's always existed, it's always going to exist because uh, America is not a nation under God anymore. And being a nation under God doesn't mean that God is in the heart of the people. And if you're going to have a righteous people, then God has to rule the heart, not, not in the politics. And so I do not know of a time in my life when corruption and immorality has been an in-your-face as we have seen in the last several years. Absolute in the tank corruption of government and leadership. An absolute corrupt Department of Justice and media that are bent on globalism. And that's the problem that a lot of people miss, and you heard me say it here before, and that there are a vast majority of Americans, especially those who have come from these very liberal colleges, that are, that are sold on globalism. We have to become a one-world government. 
And they've been talking about it, but now they're really pushing for it. And now you have a man like, man like Trump that came along uh, prior to uh, President uh, Biden, and he upended, the, he, he upended their cart. He was not a globalist. He was, he was for sovereignty, which is what most of us here are, are for. We're for a sovereign nation. But he upended that globalist theory, and they had, to, they had to do everything they can and still are doing everything they can to try to destroy him, even, even if it means as being stupid as they are. What happened in the Colombia and what happened in South America when these nations wanted to go socialist? Well, they went socialist and they lost everything. They were a, a rather wealthy, wealthy nation. Corrupt government get in, people let the corrupt government run. Next thing you know, they're a bankrupt nation. People are begging on the streets who, did, who never had to do that in the past. So, um, as, as this point states it, wicked people are deliberate in what they are doing. They are very deliberate. Now, I won't repeat what the, uh, one of the oligarchs had to say about the president's son or as one knucklehead entertainer said that he's just a compassionate father. Well, it's a little late for compassion, don't you think? Should have been compassionate back when he was a young kid, getting away with all kinds of things because your daddy was a senator. You can, you can get away with those things. But anyway, be that as it may. David's point is on target then and very telling about things that exist today. The problems that we uh, problems that were not due to carelessness, not even poor decisions as it pertained to their agenda. They were pointed in it. They were well planned, they were well thought out, and they were well acted. Now, they have been building the deep state in America for, for several several presidencies. And we now have seen what has happened to America because of the deep state. They're all in cahoots for globalism. Somehow, I, I think they think they're going to get something out of this. You would have thought that the news media down in South America, they, they would have picked up on that fact. But the, no, for one of the first acts they come in and they did was they shut down all the radio, shut down all the, all the print and press, shut them all down. Because they didn't want them realizing, oh, hey, we made a mistake here. So they just shut them down and put them out to pasture somewhere along the line. So they were, as now, the result of a very calculated plan. And this has been a very calculated plan for a long time. Too many people have been asleep at the wheel. And they devised their wicked plans, and then they put them into action. Uh, they were likely stealing from the offerings. This is back in David's day. They were likely taking what money wasn't there, didn't belong to them. Uh, the priests were crooked. Uh, the Pharisees, to some degree, they were crooked, spiritually crooked. And so we have uh, a mess on your hands. And David discovered that. All of a sudden, now he's in a position to, to look at the book and say, wait a minute, this is not working out here. And it began to look at... The, uh, some of the laws that had been passed and some of the actions that had been taken by those in authority. And he knew that they had become a spiritually corrupt, spiritually bankrupt people. So he had his work cut out for him to get it back on track again. So they were using positions of power to line their pockets on the backs of others. And isn't it amazing that even today, many officials in high places start with moderate finances. They, they end up leaving or not in there, but only a couple of terms. Now some they've got a couple of houses, they've got big bank accounts. Uh, you have to ask yourself, okay, now where does all this stuff come from? Now, I know that they make a good salary, 180 something thousand dollars a year. That's a pretty good salary for a congressman. Uh, what it is for a senator, I know probably in the same ballpark there. I, I could live on 187,000 very nicely. I wouldn't have a problem living on 180, something like that. But uh, 
You look at their assets and all that they've got there, and they're worth millions now. Go into Congress with only two nickels to rub together, and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're millionaires. Well, somewhere along the line, they've taken advantage of the system. And then they want you to part with your money to take care of the poor. Not them. They want you to do that. And so the typical reasonable person is usually patient with folks who make mistakes along the way. And well, we should be. Uh, no one is perfect who is born of man and woman. Amen? No one is perfect. Those misguided but sincere, which I, I believe a vast number of folks of late have been because science has supposed... Uh, to have all the answers, and so they've looked to science rather than looking to God, and the mess we've made. Now you've got a, 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 a someone who was in the health department there, and now she's suggesting that kids now going back to school just fall mask back on because it's going to keep them safe. Well, it didn't work the first time around, and what idiot would do it the second time around, figuring it's going to be good the second time around? So the point is that science does not know more than God. God will lead, God will guide, and God will direct his people. And we know that now we're looking historically back at all the facts and that coming out. I don't know if you've heard that, but Fauci had been arrested. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't say enough about that guy getting arrested anyway for relying to Congress. But um, what a mess, what a mess all the way around. But that's what happens when, when you have a guy stand there and say science has all the answers. Follow the science. Now, how about if you just follow common sense and the word of God? That'll work. It has worked. It's worked forever. It's worked forever. And so when Christ is discounted and science takes his place, the outcome will be disastrous every single time. Walk close to the Lord. Be in his word. Meditate and pray regularly. And it will amaze you as to the insight God will give you and I about what's going on around us. You'll be able to sense that there's something wrong with this person. There's something wrong with this individual's character somewhere along the line. And those who have been in the uh, fundamental walk of faith with the Lord have been able to perceive that with individuals who have been running for high offices. Or maybe someone's going to step in. You should be able to go into a church and say, hmm, something's wrong here. Go in there and just feel something just isn't sitting right here one way or another. Not that you're being judgmental, but there is a sense that says... It doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. And things will progress, and maybe you'll be able to see exactly what is the Holy Spirit is trying to warn us of. And so we've got to walk close to so that we can determine, because he knows all about the character of those individuals who are running one way or another. And so uh, we will know the who and the what that God knows and what God is going, and, and what is going on in, in the dark rooms, because he knows. He knows the dealings that have been going on in, in dark corners and crevices and chambers and whatever else the case is that, that's going on in there. Uh, imagine all the, all the Trump haters. I'm not trying to elevate Trump to, a posi- uh, to take Trump to a, to a position here. But you know that you had people in the opposition party who were given hours after hours after hours trying to figure out how we can destroy this man and anybody anybody who will have anything to do with him. And the whole idea is to erase the opposition and, and the average person like us, we don't have the kind of money to be able to do those kind of things there. But some good people's lives have been ruined because of this corruption, of this global theology, this global 
drive that so many of them have got going on there. And so as you're reading through the Bible, you'll be able to say, now, wait a minute, that kind of sounds like what's going on around today. And so God will give you some ideas and some tips along the way there. It says, you know, you need to be looking out for these things along the road there. And so God knows what is going on in the minds of men, the wickedness, the corruption, the lying, the deception. John chapter 8 and verse 32 says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? Whose truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also said that God's word is truth. He said so in John chapter 17 and verse 17. So as we close here tonight, uh, as infuriating as it is, God is not unaware. Their day is coming. Our responsibility is to pray for their salvation because if they don't get saved, they're not going to hell because they were corrupt. They're corrupt because we're on the way. They're already a sinner. And if we can pray them out of uh, into, the, into the family of God, then God can work from the inside out uh, rather than uh, having to deal with them on the outside. So it is our responsibility to pray for our leaders, whether you like them or you don't like them, whether you like or you do not like their politics. Our responsibility is to pray for them, pray for their souls. Now, if you and I did determine whether they deserve it or not, then none of us deserve it. But in God's infinite grace, what a thrill that would be to be able to see the President of the United States come to know Christ as his own personal Lord and Savior. I don't think he has a lot of time, cognizantly speaking. But nonetheless, let's be in prayer for those in positions of leadership. Next week we'll pick up with a couple more verses. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the death adder that stoppeth her ear. So we'll pick up a little couple of verses the Lord willing next week and move on to this and see if we get through. Not a lot of verses in, in, in uh, only 11 verses. So prayer time here tonight.